Welcome to Education Beat. I'm Ann Vasquez, CEO of EdSource. Media literacy is a big issue in the United States. We have news at our fingertips. We scan social media, watch cable shows, listen to podcasts on our commutes to work. Some might say we have too many options. That can make it difficult to discern fact from fiction. But the problems abroad often are different. In Albania, promoting media literacy is a much more fundamental problem. How do you foster an informed democracy that's still in its infancy? EdSource reporter Carolyn Jones recently spent time in Albania as a Fulbright scholar to teach media literacy to those eager to improve journalism in the country. I was really struck at how much they prioritized media literacy. They were taking it very, very seriously. I think they understand what's at stake considering they were under this autocratic regime for so long. What did she learn from her time abroad? And how can we all become better informed citizens? Here is this week's Education Beat. Filling in for host Zadie Stavely is Ashley A. Smith. Early this year, EdSource reporter Carolyn Jones found herself a bit far from her usual stomping grounds in Oakland. For years, Carolyn has covered mental health issues and special education in California schools. But for four weeks this February, she was in Tirana, Albania, talking to college students and journalists about a free and ethical press. Carolyn was a member of the U.S. State Department's Fulbright Specialist Program, which gives American academics and professionals an opportunity to spend two to six weeks in a different country. Carolyn's job helps shape and develop media education in Albania. I sat down with Carolyn to talk about her experience. Hi, Carolyn. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Ashley. So, Carolyn, you got to be a part of a pretty unique experience for a journalist. Um, You traveled to Albania as a Fulbright specialist to write literacy guidelines for K-12 schools and and universities in that country. And I don't think a lot of Americans know much about Albania. I certainly don't. So can you just tell us a little bit about the country and the people? Yeah, Albania is really a fascinating place. It has only been its own country since 1912, so it's new, and it's only been a democracy since the early 90s. It is just above Greece, just across the Adriatic from Italy, and just south of Montenegro. It's in, it's a Balkan country. It's majority Muslim, and it's just a fascinating place. So how did you end up there? How did you become a Fulbright specialist? Well, I applied last year to be a Fulbright specialist, but I wasn't sure where I was going to go. And so I started shopping around on my own for projects. And I was attracted to Albania because it's such a new democracy. And freedom of the press is a relatively new concept there, as is freedom of speech. They were under communism for almost 60 years, from World War II up until the early 90s. And so I just thought it was a really fascinating media landscape. And as it happened, they were looking for some help with media literacy. And so it was, it was a good match and it turned out really well. What is the media landscape in Albania and how does that compare to the United States? Well, it's very interesting. Um, they do have a lot of media outlets, you know, I think hundreds, I was told, of online news websites. A lot of them are run by bots. And then they also have a lot of daily newspapers in the capital, Tirana. You know, I think maybe four or five, which is a lot for a city that size. The, the issue I think that they're having is that a lot, you know, they have a lot of propaganda and a lot, I think they struggle a lot with fake news, especially on these news websites. And because the free press hasn't been around that long, people, they're a little bit more susceptible to fake news and propaganda. And a lot of the news outlets are owned by, you know, oligarchs or people who do business with the government and so forth. And so you can kind of rely on them to 
run stories that back up their own viewpoint or agendas that they're trying to push through. Despite all of the outlets, media literacy in Albania isn't great. In 2021, the nonprofit, nonpartisan group Media Literacy Now ranked Albania as 40th out of 44 countries in the world for media literacy. But the United States didn't fare so well either. Despite ranking fifth in the world in reading literacy, the U.S. just barely made the top third of the media literacy list at number 15. Here's Carolyn explaining the difference in the media landscape between our two countries. I think the difference here is that we have more variety. You know, we have, you know, outlets on both sides of the spectrum. We have mainstream outlets. We have a lot of choice for media consumers. And I think it's less so in Albania. So that's something that they're trying, they were trying to address. I mean, it's interesting that you bring up that point because we certainly do have our own problems with misinformation and fake news um, here in the States. And um, I don't know of many uh, schools or, or places in the United States that offer media literacy training or media literacy education. So I'm sure people are wondering what exactly does America have to offer to countries like Albania when we struggle so much with that ourselves? Yeah, that's a really good point. I know that in the United States, 18 states in the past few years have taken steps to adopt media literacy guidelines. In some states, it's now required. Um, I think New Jersey, uh, Delaware, I think even Texas has some you know, mandatory media literacy guidelines. And California, a few years ago, passed media literacy guidelines. It's not required, unfortunately, but there are you know, really good, I think, really high-quality guidelines on the website, and they really encourage schools to adopt it. I think more states and more districts are heading in that direction as we see the impact of fake news and misinformation, and it's starting to be seen as more of a you know, a, a necessity. Um, the beautiful thing about media literacy is that it doesn't need to be a full course. It can just be something you drop into, you know, a unit here and there, a unit in an English class or a unit in a history class. And it could be information literacy. It can be, you know, it can kind of take on many forms. So it's, it's not hard to teach. You can start in preschool and go all the way up through college. And in Albania, that's what they were looking at. And they were looking to the United States because we are taking these steps. Some states are anyway, and some schools are. And they just kind of wanted to see what, you know, what the best practices were and how it looks in U.S. classrooms. Carolyn shared that during her trip, she spoke with a group of Albanian professors about the impact of fake news on American voters. And she got an interesting question in response. I was just explaining to them the percentage of voters and Republicans in particular who believe that Donald Trump rightfully won the most recent election and so forth. And a professor raised his hand and he said, you know, countries like Albania, we all look to the United States as a real model of democracy. And if the United States can't figure this out, what hope is there for any of us? And I thought, oh, <laughs> that's a really good question. And it really brought home for me the high stakes that we in the U.S. have here. I mean, we do have to get this right because other countries are looking to us to see how we handle this because the issues that we have are playing out everywhere. And, I, you know, I, in answering him, I told him, I said, yes, you know, the U.S. definitely struggles with this. There's no question. And it continues to struggle with it. But lots and lots of people are working really, really hard to address this issue. And, you know, nothing happens overnight. It's slow, just like democracy itself. It's slow and it's messy. And sometimes people make mistakes. But, you know, in the long run, you just have to kind of keep fighting. Carolyn also got the opportunity to visit Albania classrooms. Here's Carolyn again, talking about the country's education system. 
It's, you know, similar to the U.S. Kids go to school until they're through high school, and then they actually have a pretty high college-going rate there. If you look at the context of Europe in general, I think their test scores are pretty low, but that's something they're really working on. You know, it kind of depends who you talk to. I, I think some schools are really crowded. In fact, they're so crowded that they have two shifts. They have like the morning shift and then teachers work an afternoon shift too. And whereas uh, some parts of the country have been kind of depopulated and so they really struggle to fill the schools, like in the rural areas. It's kind of similar to the U.S. And they struggle with the teacher shortage as well, just like here. So very similar to, to American schools. Yeah, yeah. And they, right. And they struggle with equity issues as well. During her trip, Carolyn joined Albanian journalist Brejan Javera on his podcast to discuss the state of journalism in the country. He asked Carolyn about how media can better promote social justice. We have here citizen journalism. People are actively posting and reacting about the, the problems they have. But we have another problem with social justice. This is the last word we see in the media. So how, how media can promote justice and truth in Albania? Yeah, well, social justice should be the priority for every news organization, I think, personally. Human rights, um, even stories about politics, you know, reporters can look to see how does this, how does this policy impact the most vulnerable people among us? Um, which groups are being shut out of this policy, which groups are benefiting from it. It can be a lens through which you see any story, really. You know, when I report and when my colleagues, when we report, I mean, we try to look at how the most disenfranchised people are impacted. Um, because the people at the upper end of the spectrum are always going to be okay, no matter what happens at the top. But the people at the bottom, they're the ones who tend to be affected the most about policy changes. And so we always try to focus on that. And the other thing we do is we get out of the newsroom and talk to people, go into people's homes, go into neighborhoods, go to cities where we would never go ordinarily, um, and really sit down and listen to what people have to say. And they'll tell you, they'll tell you what issues are affecting them and what their daily lives are like. And, you know, spend the time and sort of put aside your own preconceived notions and ask them what they would like to see covered. So, Carolyn, is there anything we can learn from the way Albania is confronting this issue? I was really struck at how much they prioritized media literacy. I mean, they took it, they were taking it very, very seriously, and they were trying to compile mandatory guidelines for K through 12 schools and colleges. So all students would get this information. I mean, they, they took it much seriously, I think, than we do. I think they understand what's at stake, considering they were, you know, under this autocratic regime for so long. They know what it's like not to have a not to have freedoms, especially freedom of press. And I, I was really struck by how um, I mean, they want to create a whole class on media literacy for students, which is not something you typically see here. Here you would just see a unit being taught here and there. Um, and I thought, well, you know, that's something we could all learn from. Because these people know firsthand what it's like to live without freedom of the press. One other issue that makes media literacy difficult in Albania, a lack of journalism ethics, something taken for granted in America. Here's Carolyn. 
Most places I've worked, there's ethical guidelines. You know, you can't take bribes from sources. You can't bribe sources. Just basic stuff. You have to attribute, you know, what you, what you write has to be true. You have to be able to attribute facts. And in a lot of other countries, that's just not the case. Um, one day I was talking to a group of journalists in Albania and explaining how in the U.S. there's basic journalistic guidelines that most re reputable organizations follow and it's kind of all about have you know so the readers can trust you you know having a certain amount of transparency and how that's a huge part of media literacy and dispelling fake news too is trust trust between the reporter and the reader and the news organization and I was explaining this to the journalists and a lot of them were just like what and uh, one guy raises his hand and he says well that's all well and good for the U.S. but that's never going to work here <laughs> Why? Why wouldn't it work? Why, I mean, why did he have that opinion? Because they don't have the, the tradition and the history of journalism that we have here. I mean, we have a journalism career that's been around for 200 years. They don't have that there. That's brand new. And so these ideas of professional standards are new and not always followed. And I think they're aspirational at some, it's to some degree. And a lot of journalists, not everybody, of course, there's some wonderful journalists there who are doing incredible work. But there's also a lot who, you know, accept bribes pretty regularly. And, you know, you can't totally trust what you read. And it's hard as a reader to know the difference sometimes. So I was really struck by that, too. And, and so what is, uh, you know, one thing that you hope, um, you know, the, the journalists and the students you spoke with, what, what's maybe one thing you hope they learned from you? It's not an insurmountable task to understand how to read a newspaper, how to read, how to get any kind of information. I want them, I wanted them to understand how important it is to be informed about, you know, your community, your city, your country, the world, really. And also at the same time, you know, go at it with a skeptical eye and get your information from a lot of different sources. That's what I would hope. And I would hope that for, you know, any, any, anyone, anywhere, really. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Education Beat, Getting to the Heart of California Schools, a production of EdSource. You can find Carolyn's story at edsource.org. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Our CEO is Ann Vasquez. Our theme music is from Blue Dot Sessions. This episode was brought to you by the Dirk and Charlene Capsonell Foundation. I'm Ashley A. Smith, sitting in for Zadie Stavely. Join us next week and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. <laughs>